0: Hi, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to episode 10 of the Grip Tape podcast, season three. I'm your host, Dana Garibaldi, a Grip Tape alumni and youth leadership board member. So Grip Tape is a nonprofit organization that gives $500 grants to youth with a lack of resources to help them explore their passions in 10 weeks through their signature learning challenge. And so joining us today, we have a Grip Tape alumni, Charlotte Young. And so, Charlotte, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm a best-selling author and artist. I've written Verge, Isabel and the Magic Bird, an Amazon bestseller, number one new release, and Coloring Climate Justice. I am also the 2022 Indie Youth Poet Laureate. I have over 50 writing publications, and I've been published by Carnegie Hall and the New York Times, among others. And I'm also a freshman at Purdue University.
0: Awesome. I love it so much. So many accomplishments. It's crazy. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the <laughs> introducing, for introducing <laughs> yourself. Um, so Tarlette used her grip tape learning challenge, just uh, to our listeners, to write, uh, one of her, like, first works called Verge. And so I saw on the Instagram post that we made that it was like a sci-fi thriller kind of thing. So can you tell us a little bit more, like, of the synopsis and, uh, kind of
1: what it's about? Yeah, so Verge is a sci-fi novel about two assassins navigating the complex underbelly of Venus's criminal society, and this is like a thousand years in the future. Kaguya, the I would say the main character, is the most feared assassin in the galaxy, but all she wants is to find her family. In order to do so, she teams up with Henri, an infamous hitman in his own right. Their deal is this. Henri will help her find her family, and she will help defend him, but in order to do so, she has to work under this vicious and unstable guy uh, called Count Ludovico. As she navigates the corrupt city of Curusa, she discovers a dark secret that would rock the very foundations of the galaxy. I don't want to give away too much.
0: Ooh, I love that. It's so, like, suspense like, you know, what's going to happen. I love it. Okay. That sounds really, really cool. And so that is very like, I guess not specific, but just like very like a thrilling like plot. And so what kind of inspired you to write a book like that?
1: Well, I would say that it kind of just originally just started as a short story after I read some, like I, I like binge watch, uh, binge reading sci-fi stories. So I just, I don't remember which story I read, but then afterwards I immediately started just writing something randomly on my laptop. Um, but I found the voice of the main character so compelling that I felt like it had to become a book and that voice eventually became Kaguya, who I kind of consider the main character of the book. I'm also personally really interested in French and Japanese culture, so I kind of combined them to create the setting for story
0: oh that's so interesting I love that I love like that fusion like of culture it makes like for such a rich book because I think that a lot of books don't really have like that fusion of like cultures or it's like feels very like one-sided or it just feels very like bland so I think that's really really cool so that's really interesting and so did you always Mm -hmm. want to write a book or is it an interest that kind of developed over time
1: I would say that it's just kind of developed over time. Like when I was really young, I was not a reader and I definitely didn't write. I didn't start writing, I think, until I would say eighth grade, which I know for some people is really late. Um, and I think it started because I started reading a bunch around third grade and I just kept reading and I decided I want to create something. And then one of my favorite historical figures is Voltaire. And he's really well known for being a guy who wrote a ton of things. Like there are, there's like an organization in France right now that's just dedicated to trying to find everything that he's written because he's written like over 200 works that guy was crazy so i think those two combined made me really want to write a book
0: i love that that's such like it's like a niche like inspiration but it's like it's cool it's cool so yeah Yeah. um i think that's really cool and yeah honestly middle school is like a very transformative time for a lot of people i think because a lot of people are like exploring their identities and their interests Mm -hmm. and so you've progressed very far in your career so (laughs) It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you consider, um, aside from what you've already mentioned, um, some of the biggest influences in your writing, whether that be in, like, in terms of style or the characters that you've written or like other aspects that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I would say that a main thing for me is that I do tend to write quite a bit of sci-fi, which is interesting because outside of short stories, I'm not a huge sci-fi person, I feel like. Like I will consume a lot of things, but sci-fi, I would say, is number three, maybe, of all the genres I consume, but that's what I always write, and I think that's because I read this book called Red Rising by Pierce Brown, and it's this really, um, it's like a space opera, so it's a very epic story. It's kind of like Star Wars, but if it was based off of Roman culture, and it's really dramatic and full of um, mystery and like thrilling uh, thrilling stories and all that, and I think that really, I think that changed my path, because I remember before that, I would just just... just write I mean okay to be fair I was like not a good writer back then but like I used to just write like historical things which was fun and all but it just wasn't the same um but then after I read that book I noticed that almost everything I wrote like I would say 80% of the work I wrote after that became sci-fi and I've kind of just continued that as I've grown older I mean I'll do like a mix now with poetry but I still write a lot of sci-fi I think another thing is that I sometimes do write funny things but they're always like really weird funny things like right (laughs) now yeah it's like really absurdist monty python-esque humor i don't know why like um right now i'm writing this short story about this alien that will he basically hosts a travel show vlog but he eats human brains and like oh that concept up- so funny
0: though. <laughs> yeah i would love that i would love to read that
1: exactly yeah when i was explaining that to my teacher it's like what the heck <laughs> okay
0: no yeah it sounds super funny and honestly like i See like there's also like a little bit of like sci-fi blend in there too and so i think that's so interesting and yeah i th- know like people's like writing can be so different from like what their interests are like outside like as a person and so mm-hmm. i think it's really cool and yeah i'm super glad that you're able to kind of develop that interest through writing and so now transitioning to like the actual writing process that you took uh when writing verge um how did you go about tackling that especially given the fact that you had a time frame of like about 10 weeks with the grip tape learning challenge
1: Yeah, I would say that Verge has been, I would say probably the longest work that I ever worked with. And I'm actually still working with it now because I'm trying to see if I can like, Re- change it again to make it like a traditionally published work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started, I think, in 10th grade and I got the grip tape challenge thing when I was in 12th grade. So before that, I wrote about 150 pages and I scrapped all of it except for the first 10 pages because I didn't like what I wrote and I was really frustrated and confused about what was going on. Um, but then when I saw the opportunity for the grip tape challenge, I decided, okay, let's try this again and like, let's be more clear about what we want. And I got the, I got into the challenge and I started writing it again. Um, I think that this time I was a lot more serious about it because I made so many mistakes in the past years. So I ended up planning it a lot better. Like I had an outline, though I kept also changing the outline. So That was great. But I also think that it was like with Corona, especially, I suddenly had a lot of free time and I Mm -hmm. felt that there was nothing better to do than write. Like for me, I feel like I've met different people during Corona and there tends to be especially two different groups. One of them is like the group that kind of just like shut like kind of shudders in themselves because suddenly there's not a lot of stimulation outside. And then there's like another group where they just kind of overwork themselves and I kind of ended up becoming the second group Loki. Um yeah. And then I think that another thing that I did was I assembled a team of beta readers. So people that would read the work and they kept me on track because they would always say, oh when's the next chapter coming out? So then I can't be like, oh I won't touch this for a month because they're expecting it once a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then when I was done with the challenge time, I did have a rough draft. I wouldn't say that was the completed one I published because I continued working on it for I think a few more months.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I think that the beta like audience thing is super smart, like the beta readers thing. Because honestly, like if I were doing that. I wouldn't be able to keep up with this yeah I think that's a really like (laughs) effective way to keep track of things and also yeah Yeah. I think that the grip tape learning challenge is like a really cool way to kind of like um not start completely from scratch but kind of like have like a time frame where you're like motivated to keep completing a project and have the resources to do that (laughs) so I think that's really cool and I'm really glad that it was able to help out that way and so (laughs) um during that process were there any like obstacles that you faced or like did you end up having to change like some initial like plot lines or some initial plans that you
1: had oh yeah I had to change like literally everything (laughs) I thought like after all 130 150 pages like oh I had everything figured out I did not um and so I kept changing my plot over and over again but I think that that is just I think that's just my writing process at this point like at the time I didn't have because this is really that was really my first novel so first major project I didn't know what I was doing so I think that now I understand that it's just that part of my process that I'm always going to be changing things. But I didn't understand that at the time. So I was really stressed during those 10 weeks. I was like, what is happening? Because everyone makes it seem like, oh, yeah, I just, because there are literally people that will just sit down and write a book in 14 hours. And I think that is absolutely insane Mm -hmm. because- (sighs) after writing even for 14 minutes, I'm like, I want a break. I'm not feeling motivated. So I felt that all the time throughout the whole challenge. And I also felt along with that, that I felt like I couldn't do it because, um, well, growing up, I was around a lot of people that were super successful. And I mean, now I, kind of peaked I guess kind of fit in now but um I didn't peak for a really long time and so I always felt like oh am I actually like capable of doing this can I actually do it because kind of grew up thinking oh I'm not one of those kids I eventually got over those challenges I think a lot because I had uh, my mentor I had a team and I think also because I talked a little bit with Mark who started the challenge Mm -hmm. the grip tape challenge like I think um those influences really encouraged me to work a lot harder
0: Yeah, for sure. And so you mentioned um, your champion who kind of uh, helped you like the mentor who helped you throughout Mm -hmm. that process. So can you tell me a little bit uh, more about, you know, who they were and kind of how they helped you navigate that?
1: Yeah. So my mentor is Serena. Um, she was a lawyer at the time. Uh, so I actually was really curious about law at the time because I thought, oh, well, maybe I could be a lawyer. Now I'm like, now. Nah. But um, she kind of like, we talked a lot about um, law and that sort of thing and a little bit about writing. Um, so this is like a fiction book. So it's not necessarily hidden her expertise, but we did have, uh, we did talk a lot like outside of the technical aspects of the project. So we she was very motivational. She gave a lot of encouragement. And she also asked a friend of hers who's a writer like a published writer about writing tips that was very helpful
0: yeah for sure I think that's super helpful to kind of have that like I guess like support throughout that process and have like that assistance and motivation to keep going and so um by the end of your challenge and by the end of that I know you know there were still like some drafts that kept going but once you put out like the first version of your book um how did you like feel was it like gratified was it scary what was what were kind of your emotions at that
1: time it was honestly, like I don't think I've ever felt. I don't think I ever felt anything like that before that happened. It was like shocking and exhilarating and just amazing, just all wrapped up at once. It's just like all like, oh, I guess the closest i I can explain is like when, it's like when you go to some crazy, like some incredible piece of architecture, you go to like an incredible uh, landscape, like that's how I felt when I went to the Alps the first time, just like you're suddenly overwhelmed, and you're like, wow like, this happened, which is like, how? Um, it, it's just, I guess the best way to describe it, it's kind of just awe-inspiring um, because I was just like this happened, and then not only that this happened, but that I created this, it was yeah. just completely shocking, I didn't think it happened, especially like at my age because that was when I was um, in 12th which is like I guess two years yeah it's just like yeah. So I guess for me, it was just that I just couldn't believe, it, especially when I got to hold the book in my hands, um, like, oh, this this actually happened. It was just crazy. I thought I was dreaming for a second. I was like, no, no this is happening. I've worked way too much and I, my body remembers the stress. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that you were able to feel like that kind of like, not over, like overwhelming, kind of in a good way <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Like very like, uh, just like, I guess, grateful and like in yeah. awe of your work. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so looking back on that, you know, very uh, kind of long process and now is. As a writer, um, what would be your advice to like maybe someone who's in your shoe or who was in your shoes, you know, in kind of like high school and that kind of like more uh, youth age who's uh, looking to write a book of their own?
1: Yeah, I would say that the advice about I'm about to give is also really relevant for writing anything in general. I feel like maybe it could be used for other subjects as well, but I mean, I did the same thing. I did this same advice when I was learning poetry and I mean, now I'm doing pretty well on that too. So the advice is to do this, do it with friends. Um, your friends are going to help you. They will encourage you when you don't think that you're enough. They're going to encourage you and give you advice. Uh, a lot of times, especially with writer friends, they'll give you good advice, like more relevant advice than um, someone, for example, who is not used to writing they'll give you like pointers about plot or pointers about oh maybe this wording or word choice and also just general advice and especially encouragement um I think that friend because I think aside from the fact that like they're your friends and they really care about you on an emotional level um the other thing is that it's like if you do a project with anyone you suddenly feel a lot more motivated because it's not just you it's now like a group thing a group, and yeah. I feel like I think that a lot of times you're less likely to want to disappoint a group than if you're just by yourself because suddenly if for example your dad and your best friends and everyone around you is asking you oh how's this project going you're going to want to actually work on the project rather than not work on it when you're just not telling anyone that you made it
0: yeah I think having like that kind of like kind of like bringing in other people kind of makes you want to yeah. like, like do mm-hmm. I guess just like improve or try to make it the best as possible you're like oh look at this thing exactly, I made. and then yeah. you not only you're not only proud of yourself but you have a lot of other people that are proud of you and so I think that's really cool so that's honestly like super Mm -hmm. great advice I've never really heard of that before but I can see like all the benefits that it could potentially bring and so um now uh again you know um after that journey do you think that the Griff Tape Learning Challenge would be like a good resource for people that are looking into writing
1: Absolutely. Um, The funding helped me get a writing mentor and a bunch of writing books that I actually still read today. Like I was just reading one yesterday. Um, I think that it motivated me to apply also to many other opportunities that I didn't think I would get, but I ended up getting. The experience of also just writing a book gave me more confidence to pursue writing more seriously. And I think that just in general, I would say that the Grip Tape Learning Challenge played a big role into who I am today because of just like the resources it gave me and also just the confidence of like like having a mentor, having like speaking to different people in the challenge, I think that's very helpful.
0: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. (laughs) And so um, looking, you know, at Verge, or at least that first draft of Verge, um, Mm -hmm. what kind of like audiences or people would you kind of recommend that to? Like what? Yeah, just basically what kind of readers?
1: I would recommend to people who like funny things, um, adventure and action. I will say that there's a little, there's a, there is a fair amount of gore, I would say. So if you can't handle that, maybe don't read it. But if you can handle it, then have fun. Um, <laughs> I will yeah uh, that. That would be who I would recommend it to. Awesome. Well, okay. Well,
0: uh, that's great. Thank you for coming on mm-hmm. to this episode. So unfortunately, that wraps up uh, this episode of the Grip Tape podcast. But before we go, are there any like social media handles or websites or any other like things to your writing or to you that you want to plug right now?
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess for Instagram, uh, my Instagram is cmyung, C-M-Y-E-U-N-G-G. And then my website is the same thing like cmyung.wixsite.com. In terms of like writing right now, for example, I have a, I, I mean, my other two books uh, that I'm not changing. One of them is Von the Magic Bird, which is a children's book. It was a bestseller and it owned Amazon, it was an Amazon bestseller and a number one new release last May. It's basically a children's book about a girl who like. who basically discovers the secret behind this abandoned park. And it's really about battlefield preservation, environmental and historical preservation and youth activism. So if you have kids or you have like sister, younger siblings are about to be born or cousins, great fun book and it's very cute illustrations yeah you'll you'll see if you see it um the other thing that I would also recommend is coloring climate justice which for all the stressed people out there you know with COVID and all that you might want a coloring book and this coloring book is really cute and you can also color and learn a lot about uh climate justice and the climate crisis and what is being done and what you can do
0: yeah, awesome! Oh my god, that's such a cute. Oh, I like coloring books. let <laughs> yeah. to check it out. That's great. Okay, well, thank you again for coming on the show. So that concludes this episode of the Griff Tape Podcast. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in, and thank you for uh, Charlotte for coming onto the show. As always, uh, make sure to follow the Griff Tape Podcast at at Griff Tape Podcast on Instagram for updates on our episodes, opportunities for youth, and more. And make sure to check out some of Charlotte's work. Um, I'll see you next time, and that is all. Bye.